Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home, live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. Well, what inspires more than a really good book and two really good authors? Today is just a show about that. We have two wonderful, wonderful uh, women who have written two very different kinds of books, but I think you'll find them both enlightening, interesting, and encouraging. Maybe you've even been thinking of writing a book. Well, these women uh, took that on and truly, uh, it changed their lives. But uh, for the life of the reader, it does that as well. My first guest is Daniela Booman. Her book is so interesting. It was channeled by the consciousness of dolphins. And that is how it is written. It's called Gliding You Home. A Dolphin's Dream of a New Earth, Unlocking Your Spiritual Potential, A Practical Guide to Evolving Your Consciousness for Personal Growth and Fulfillment. Basically, these wonderful communicators of the sea communicated to her what they wanted us to know. It's all in there and a fascinating conversation. Then we have Lori Elizabeth Murphy, who is a psychotherapist who ended up writing a mystery novel. And she wrote it from a very interesting perspective, from the person in the mystery who was killed mysteriously. She tells the story through her eyes. And wow, it is so interesting and so different. I think you're going to love this if you want to really delve into something that can help you escape on a chilly afternoon or a nice relaxing weekend like today. It's all brought to you by Balance of Nature, Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule, which you can find at their website, balanceofnature.com. The most wonderful product uh, to get the nutrition that you need, 10 servings of fruits and vegetables per day when you take three and three of the capsules. I have found nothing else that exists on the planet except for real fruits and vegetables, because that's what they are. But no other product that has been formulated like this. Go to balanceofnature.com, put my name, Laura, into the promo code for a 35% discount off your first order and free shipping always. When we come back, Daniela Booman. Don't go away. It's the way home. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. For my whole life, I think I have been a spiritual seeker, and I just remember being as young as can be, probably around four or five years old. And when I had an option to play out outside with some friends, I had a family who would invite me down to their home to pray and sit in a circle and do that. And I always opted for the praying with the family. And so it's just something that I think... Maybe I was born with, but it has continued throughout my life. Um, I have been a student of Christianity and uh, the metaphysics of Christianity um, for 40 years now, and I've always been interested in delving into um, all the questions of life, basically, and yet at the same time finding so many answers throughout it. And I think that's uh, it goes back to what Jesus said, seek and ye shall find. Ask and it shall be given unto you. And so, therefore, the spiritual quest usually has a wonderful um, 
gift giving aspect to it where you do feel like if you do make the effort, it comes to you. I love exploring interesting ways in which people connect with things that are intangible and truly give them deep inner guidance and wisdom. And I came across a book just recently that I think has an angle that might be might be of interest to you as well. It's something that when I think about animals and the role they play in our lives, and often I get upset when someone says, oh, that person acted like an animal. And I feel like saying, no, if they were to act like an animal, they would be acting like the most uh, evolved soul and being. So that's not the right term to use because animals seem to have this this beautiful expression of the oneness with all things divine which I think we're striving for, and they have something to teach us. Thus, this beautiful book, Gliding You Home, A Dolphin's Dream of a New Earth, Unlocking Your Spiritual Potential, A Practical Guide to Evolving Your Consciousness for Personal Growth and Fulfillment. It's by the lovely Daniela Booman, and she's with me today to tell me all about this book, which is replete of basically a channeling from her connection with the dolphins. Thank you so much for being here, Daniela. Thank you so much, Laura, for having me. It's a pleasure to share with you today. I really often look for things that are just out of the ordinary and and special in, in content so that so that we might learn and go deeper because uh it's, we spend a lot of our lives staying on the surface and for good reasons. We need to survive. We need to get things done. However, um, we, their life is much more than that and, and deeper. We can go. You are a life coach. I know that and a personal growth trainer and you've been doing this for most of your adult life, correct? Yes. Yes. So tell me all the different things that you have been. So I um, started out with a uh, very keen interest in human growth potential. Um, and in my early teens, I would read books like uh, Torvald Detlefsen, Shiksal al which means uh, uh, destiny as a chance, because I thought, can't you people see what we've got going here? It's an amazing world that we can, can discover and where we can serve and come together uh, as one. So that ended up having me become a uh, life coach, life mastery coach, um, tr speaker, tr professional speaker, a trainer, and um, workshop leader. So, uh -huh. yeah. You're originally from Switzerland, but you found your way to California. And I'm wondering, does that have a connection to why it is that you were able to um, feel like you were connected to the animal realm, especially dolphins? I'm sure it has. Um, the, I think everything is connected one way or another. And it was this journey of following the flow of the call of my soul that allowed me then to uh, go and explore California when I was like 18 or 19. And so I've always felt a strong connection with the animal kingdom, with mammals, uh, Mother Earth, and all of her uh, creatures, including us, human mm -hmm. nature, which we so often forget, don't we? And so I think it started by the, showing the willingness to, to follow the call of my soul and being led by that, that then later on in my life, 
allowed me to dive deeper with the dolphin consciousness. This dolphin consciousness, how did this come to you that you wrote this book that basically you explain as being messages from the realm, the dolphin consciousness? And how is that even possible for someone hearing this that may not or may think that's a little woo-woo or out there? Um, explain where this came from and, and how the connection between you and the dolphin consciousness became came to be. Sure. So I think in many ways, that's exactly part of what the dolphins are actually doing is disrupting that thought pattern of and belief system of what people think ought to be possible and is not possible because not until we start to uh, embark upon this realm of the impossible do we really dive into our unique innate potential not just a potential as a human being but as a spirit and the dolphin consciousness of course is not attached to the negative and or or whatever kind of beliefs a human might have but they are interested in really going deeper and helping humanity ascend to that next level of consciousness. So the way they came to me was I was experiencing a series of health challenges that were just, um, you know, where I was facing debilitating symptoms. And as I was facing these debilitating symptoms, which oftentimes is not uncommon that when we are on a spiritual evolutionary path, that the body gets sensitized, becomes more sensitive to food, to people, the energies and whatnot. So I was moving very much through different phases of that ascension process in evolving my own uh, self. And so literally, I went through a time where I was experiencing a lot of nerve pain. And I'm very much used to being able to regulate my energy or or any kind of pain to to come back into the present moment and i was frankly not able to do that and so what happened was i literally felt myself sink down 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 swirl down down into the ocean and i just surrendered ego resistance as much as feasible without crossing over and so they, I literally felt them picking me up. And the experience was really, it's, it's very challenging to, to explain that experience. But this particular encounter then offered me a way of starting to work with the dolphin and dolphin consciousness and share their unique uh, perspective to personal and, and um, spiritual growth through these really very unique and extraordinary be playful beings. So many people talk about the experience of swimming with dolphins. And I have said, I am going to do that one day because they all talk about this incredible feeling of euphoria that they get when they swim with dolphins. And it's almost as though they are, they engulf the ones that they love or the, that are swimming with them with, with a sense of love and, and great wisdom. And I think maybe 
people think that about whales too. When they go whale watching, they get they they experience something that is much deeper than just watching an animal. Although I like I said, looking into the eyes of my puppy is like very surreal and and deeply spiritual for me. But you know, it's watching these mammals like this. I think. Is is a different thing. So, do you think that dolphins per se are imbued with a divine? I don't know what we call it, circuitry or something. Uh, I mean, maybe we all are, of course. But what is it about the dolphin that seems to be even more enhanced? They don't offer any resistance to that connection. They are in the eternal flow. They are alive and yet they're dead. They are one with the polarities of life, with the dark and the light, with the night and the day. They don't offer any resistance to that unity consciousness. So they completely embody still the innate, innate place from where they came originally. Do you think that living in water has something to do with that elevation of consciousness that a dolphin might have. Yes, because water in itself is very rich with knowledge and information that travels on the water through eons of time. And so living in the waters, living, even going back to the Bible, the living waters, Right. So it's it's again, it's that being imbued, encapsulating all of that. So they, they, they are in it. They are it. They are in that eternal flow flow. They're connected to all that is. So if you were to describe the messages that started to come to you, was it all at once? Was it over a course of time? How did you start to get these messages that seemed like they were not just for you, but a message for the world? Well, at the beginning, um, when I realized that, you know, they had chosen me to share this, I was like, you want me to do what? You know, I am a corporate trainer. I'm a life mastery coach, speaker. You want me to do what? So it, it took a little adjustment. Okay, it took a little adjusting. And but again, the recognition and the deep commitment of really uh, modeling, role modeling to live life from the seat, to be directed from the seat of your soul while you are in the midst of life and earning life in terms of I'm talking financial abundance and whatnot. And so um, could you rephrase your question one more time? What would you say are the deepest messages that they gave to you? Um, is it all aspects of life, the, the the everyday to, like you said, financial as well? Or is it something more deeper that just has to do with perhaps your soul? So uh, I remember what you were saying in terms of uh, how they shared the messages. So at the beginning, it was very, very, they're very loving. They're very gentle. And but simultaneously, they're dynamos. I mean, their energy is impactful. They come through. They're very playful. They're very passionate. And so their messages came through when I took the time to sit with them. Like at the very beginning, I 
realized after I took some time basically to integrate some of this, because you have to imagine, Laura, when you're like going to that other side and you're being shown and in completely different universe than the one that you live in and you feel such an incredible, palpable connection. And then you come back. And then suddenly the life that you looked at was is like, whoa, I thought this was brighter than it is. And so it, it took it took a little doing because a lot of the layers that I had before the living here, uh, you know, on, on a human planet as a human were were minimized or lifted. So I had to integrate that information that they were sharing with me. So they work a lot, Laura, with practical component of integrating information but not just information infinite intelligence and so within the within the book within what they shared is they came to be the way showers for the next stage of humanity and assisting people through all aspects from personal development into diving into more of the spiritual element, even into professional development. And then who? how does our consciousness affect the whole? And how can we contribute to move into that oneness consciousness? So they, they, they basically strike every chord that is essential for us to evolve during our journey. So do the dolphins feel that this is something that is actually feasible? Is it is it possible to live within the world, but be maybe motivated by a much deeper sense of um, higher consciousness, perhaps? Um, it's, it's hard sometimes, right? Because we are thrust into these very mundane daily tasks of life, whether it's feeding ourselves to, uh, you know, just... Uh, paperwork at the office, whatever it is that seems quite mundane, but that we do in order to keep up a, a, a practical functioning life. Do they believe that this is something that you can do simultaneously with that? Can you grow like this spiritually and continue to evolve and have this deep consciousness of the divine whilst you're going about your regular day and activities? Absolutely. No question about it. And the reason why, and of course, within different degrees, depending on on each person's own uh, evolution. When the reason why is because they are wanting us to blend our humanness with our spiritualness, so we can truly walk the, the you know, have the uh, human experience as a spirit. But we're we're spirits having a human experience, not the other way around. So absolutely. And within each person, of course, that takes on very different dimension of dimensions of how that happens. I remember hearing that for the first time about are we humans having a spiritual experience or spiritual beings having a human experience and a very um, re- a revered and adored uh spiritual mentor of mine said, we're actually spiritual beings having a spiritual experience. And I was like, okay, that totally blows me away. How is that even possible? But I love that um, that your book kind of lends itself towards this fact that we're all spiritual. And yet here they are, the dolphins, they're in the world, they have this skin and they're in the water. You know, we're, we're, we're on this plane of consciousness where we're in a material 
basis of life and yet spiritual. And so I want to remind people that my guest today is Daniela Buman. She is has written a book that is actually, um, so she says, has been channeled to her by the dolphin consciousness. And it's called Gliding You Home, A Dolphin's Dream of a New Earth, Unlocking Your Spiritual Potential, A Practical Guide to Evolving Your Consciousness for Personal Growth and Fulfillment. I mean, I love all of that, growth and fulfillment. Fulfillment is probably one of the the greatest desires, I think, of so many of us. But I think, um, like the song says, looking for love in all the wrong places. I think we don't always look in the right places for it. What I have found from reading your book is that the dolphins really try to re-navigate you towards um, the right places. Where do you find these? A lot of it, uh, they talk a lot about breath and breathing. And tell us more about some of the methodology that the dolphins use um, when messaging to you about how to live it, you know, be fulfilled, live a fulfilling life and be yet be centered in the present moment. Right. So they talk a lot about uh, the recalibration process and helping the human recalibrate into who he or she really is. And so, of course, living in the now and learning how to live in the now without creating from a past tense presence right, is very, very important because they understand that if the human doesn't embark upon the journey of his or her own personal development, they can, you cannot go on to those next levels. So they are very, very practical in a sense of that they're really urging individuals to dive deeper into who you are and what makes you tick. And then once you figure that out, is is that you are serving your purpose, where your purpose will serve you. So they offer many ways, including the dolphin breath and many other modalities that they offer and perspectives that help you go up that spiral or then spiral backwards in order to unwind some of the karmic history, trauma and drama that has been built. So within the context of the book and the way it's been written within its own words, very much, they very much contain the flow of the dolphins and the effortlessness, and hence the way it's written is in prose and it's somewhat poetic um, because it, again, creates that flow that rises above the intellect and below the mind and dives into the deeper infinite wisdom that is inherent within each person opening up their heart and their mind, and their being to it. I love that. When I was reading the book, I realized that what you just said, that it is written, the, the actual letters and how, how the words are formed on there, it, it looks like you're reading one a 300-page poem. <laughs> and I'm wondering why they use that methodology of, 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 of writing their messaging as opposed to all the, across the page. Any, any insight into that? Yes, um, they 
are needing the human to slow down. So if you're if you're reading a certain part of the book, for example, if I'm reading just a little paragraph, if you don't mind, Laura. Please. So on one page is practice to be willing to hold the space in between. Next line. The here and there, the gap. Next line. The void in which you are nothing and everything simultaneously. Next line. Gloriously alive as you start anew. Next line. Swimming in beautiful spiral orchestration. Next line. Toward the new shore of your evolution. Next line. It is this flow state that we swim, resonate, play in, and call home. Next line. Not and or, but this end. Next line. Remaining connected always. Next line. Simultaneously, despite appearances. Next line. Bathed and surrounded by color tonal and vibrational frequency next line absorbed by your dna shifting next line and your intercellular activity next line reverberating vibing and expanding your light-filled soul body next line starting to animate next line depending on your own evolution or taking flight next line Activating and awakening. Next line. Deep cellular soul memory. Next line. Embodied. Next line. This is why your feeling state is so essentially important. It is beyond anything you could intellectually imagine. But feel and sense throughout and perceive with your third eye interlooping. Mm. That's beautiful. It has, like you said, so much wisdom in it and clarity. And when I hear the words, I just, it, I feel expansive. I feel like it opens me up. Is that what I, I know? I read some of what other people have said about your book and they, they said the same thing that when they read it, they, they got this sense of, this really beautiful sense of, I'm not going to say outer body, but th- this thing that just wasn't so, it, it's more of a connection to something much greater than just you're sitting here in a room reading a book. It's something like your your heart takes flight. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really incredible. And again, for some people, they might go, wow, this is really out there. But I feel that um, once again, especially when it comes to the animal realm, um, there just seems to be something so mystical. And if we could just quiet ourselves to really think about that, you did that. You merged with the thinking of that and you got these beautiful, beautiful messages and you had the courage to write it down and now you're sharing it with the world. I think that is a gift that that you have been given, but to give away, to give to others as well. And so I really encourage people, take a look at this. You, it's, it's some really meaty um, 
concepts in there for you. But something that, you know, we need more, I think, on a daily basis to just be able to turn inward, even if it's just for a minute or two. Once again, I encourage you to buy Gliding You Home, A Dolphin's Dream of a New Earth, Unlocking Your Spiritual Potential, A Practical Guide to Evolving Your Consciousness for Personal Growth and Fulfillment. Daniela Booman, Conversations with Dolphins and very, very fascinating topic. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your gift and for all you're doing in the world, uh, including your connection with a wonderful species. Uh, thank you for joining us on the way home today. Oh, you're welcome. It is such a pleasure to um, have been sharing with you. And if folks are wanting a little more information, my website is vibrantlivingnow.org. That's vibrantlivingnow.org, not .com. There's a lot of information on there. The books, including my prior book that the dolphins also helped me write, Unbeknownst, myself, high performance without pain, which is all about creating a flow state in the in the real world. Um, and they can also get those products from my website, Amazon, and both of the books are also available um, on audio. So the second one, I actually recorded myself, The Gliding You Home, because they insisted I would do that. So that is also an option as well. So it's vibrantlivingnow.org. Thank you so much once again. Thank you, Laura, for having me. It was a pleasure. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. We've had a great reading series that we started last summer, and then it was just so good. I was uh, finding all these new amazing books and authors to go with them that um, we decided to carry it into the winter, and hey, it still is, so let's do it. I am so happy to have somebody... uh, I've had this happen one or two other times only in interviewing people, people who have very disparate careers, that they have full lives like doing something like being in the medical profession. And then, you know, they turn out to be some kind of science fiction writer or a mystery writer. And today is no exception. I'm really happy to have Lori Elizabeth Murphy here. She is a registered nurse. She's a psychotherapist. But now she's a mystery. Well, she's also an author of many, you know, nonfiction books. But she has written a mystery that is apparently taking a lot of these uh, reviewers by storm. Five stars on a lot of them. Lori, thank you so much for joining us today. Laura, thank you so much for having me. So let, where do we start? You're a nurse. You're yes. a psychotherapist. You, yes, the things I you am. do are very, and, and some of the books that you've written sound actually really very good for people, uh, parenting and parenting teens and also navigate, helping people navigate through divorce with parenting and things like that. So things that are very obviously practical and within your, what you would call your wheelhouse, but you've written a mystery. How did that happen? And why did it happen? And tell us all about Dream Me Home. I love the title of that book. Thank you. Um, Originally, it was going to be, I thought, a love story. Uh, It didn't turn out that way at all. 
And I think it's because I've had 38 years of doing therapy with patients and all of their stories have taken residence in my head. And so when I made my, made my protagonist, Peggy Prescott, her name is, um, I thought she was going to be falling in love with somebody and there we go. But instead she had a lot of baggage and I didn't realize that. So she took me on this journey of twists and turns and entered in different characters. And all of a sudden, uh, I was full on into a big mystery and I didn't realize I had this evil side to me. <laughs> so it came easily. Evil side to you or evil side to the, what you could perceive within your, I mean, well, in yeah, psychotherapy, yeah. you've probably met a lot of different characters inside people's heads before. That's the whole thing. And when they came, you know, each time anybody would come into my office, I would always think to myself as a new patient, I would always think, I wonder what they're doing here. And you never know exactly what they're doing because nobody reveals themselves at first as they shouldn't. But as time goes by, you realize there's so many layers to people. And, you know, somewhere in there sometimes lurks things that you don't expect. And that's what happened to my characters. My characters seemed on the surface to be really good people that turned out maybe they had another side or people that you really were suspect of. And then all of a sudden you realize, well, they're redeeming themselves now. So just like therapy in real life, this book has big 3D characters. Big 3D. And also the way it's been explained is that it's so unique and that you're writing from the perspective of, well, of the character, but as though she's alive, she's not necessarily alive, but we're trying to find out who done it throughout the whole thing. And they're saying it's so realistic, though. How do you how do you bring those two aspects together of something that seems very real and raw, they're saying, but also very ephemeral because it's almost from a dream state, dream me home. So tell how did you get that idea? Because that sounds okay, I, unique. I, I knew I wanted to tell the entire story from every angle. And I didn't know how I was going to do that exactly unless Peggy, who is the protagonist, could get into the minds and see all the scenes of everything that was being revealed. So I allowed her on page one to narrate her own story from the grave. And I thought that would be the best way to do it, because then she got to tell her emotions. She could see the emotions of the people around her and she could see exactly what their motives were. I see. Which the reader so, doesn't know. The reader doesn't know anything really until almost the last page. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You will not. You will not guess the ending. Never. It's, it's, no. Never for well, people who are real aficionados of the, no. the genre of a mystery, they won't get it. No, because you know I, I'm a big reader, and I I don't like I like a, a good plot but I want really great characters with it. And sometimes you get a great plot and flat characters, or you get great characters, but they're doing nothing and it's not character driven. And so I tried very hard to do everything I could to make it a good plot with good characters. And the, the it's really hidden in plain sight, the ending, but because you don't expect it and you can't imagine it, you don't know it until it happens. And even after my readers have read it, I know how it ended because I tell you, I don't want a loose ending, but they will argue it could have gone this other way and it could have, it didn't, but you know, you can use your imagination. If you'd rather have it go that way, go ahead. I didn't see that. I, I made it tight. So, you know, as I was sitting in and, and reading about it and I was thinking this would be one of those great games that you could eventually like, you know, 
produce all over the country. People could be having these uh, dream me home, uh-uh. you know, home parties or or yeah. theater experiences or something, because it sounds like it truly is a whodunit. And 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 till the very end, you don't find out. So it could it could make for great everything. It sounds like even great drama theater. I mean, it's. Yeah. Yeah. And, and interestingly enough, a lot of times uh, after it, the book has been read by the readers, they're like, well, OK, but whatever happened to this guy and whatever happened? And they weren't the main characters. And I'm like, well, I don't know, because it's fiction and it's imagination. And I'm like, I know, but I feel like I know them. And what do you think? And then finally, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to write the sequel because I'll, I know what really happened. I mean, I can imagine it. And so I'm midway through the sequel of this book, which will make a lot of people happy. Oh, I see. So, and well, and listen, if you have as many characters as you say you do, this might not just be a sequel. It could be a series, it sounds like. And I wish it, yeah. yeah, it sounds I like wish it, it could be. be. I think it could be a great limited series on TV. I wish I wish somebody would pick it up. Actually, I wrote well, it in scenes as if it was going to be that. Well, then there's a reason those things happen. I I can tell you from years in in this uh, business of media, there's a reason why we do the things we do and we don't figure them out ourselves, almost like Uh the mystery until uh, years later. But maybe that's indeed where this is going to go. It sounds I love the description, a story of betrayal, infidelity and love, a chilling Mm -hmm. mystery by a psychotherapist. And that's you. And I what I also love about the fact that you've written it, Lori Elizabeth Murphy, is that because of your great expertise as a psychotherapist, as a registered nurse, there's so much you can imbue of reality into the character so that this doesn't feel like just a miasma, some dream, you know, that doesn't feel quite tangible, but Mm -hmm. it could be real because you've got so much. I love it when you learn stuff with, with these types of books and shows and things. And, and the title itself is possibly misleading. Dreamy home conjures up the fact that she's in a dream state, but really is she? We don't know. Uh-huh. We don't, we're not sure. She'll okay. let you know at the end. Do, are you still practicing as a th- psychotherapist? I just retired. Nurse? Six months ago, I retired. And did, when did you start the book? How long did it take you to write your first novel? It, it took me three years, but I'm not a dedicated writer. So it's not like I I have an outline or I sit down every day at a certain time and write for so many hours. So I'd write what I think is great material. And then I'd put it down for a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks. I'd pick it up and I'm like, yeah, no, a couple of good lines in here and I'm going to scrap the rest. And that's how it went because only in two ways am I a perfectionist in, in nursing and in writing. The rest of it, is, I'm loosey-goosey. But in writing, I want every sentence to mean something. So it took me three years. The sequel will not take me very long because I already know the characters and I've introduced a few other ones. So I already am in their head. And they've taken me on the journey. I I didn't realize. I would come down and say to my husband, you cannot believe what happened to Peggy. And he'd say, <laughs> well, that, that's ridiculous because you're the author. And I said, yeah, I don't, I know. But I didn't know she was going to do this. So that's how it all unfolds. You you are the second person that has said this exact process. She she's uh-huh. a, a pulmonary care specialist, a medical physician still, and uh-huh. but writes these sci-fi books. And she's that's exactly what she said. The characters uh-huh. take on a life of their own, mm-hmm. and before you know it, they're writing themselves. It's almost like you you can sit back in a dream state and just let yeah. them kind of write through you, which is fascinating to me oftentimes i'll go back and I'll, I'll read a couple pages and i'll think wow that's really good i wonder who wrote that i mean i realize that i did 
but I don't really almost have recollection of writing all of it because it's almost like they've, they've put the words in my head and they're, I feel like I breathed life into these people and I owed them the commitment of giving them life. And uh, so I guess some of them weren't done because and they what is, yeah, Oh, well, they want to come back out again and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, make it through without getting uh, knocked <laughs> off at the end. Well, but, they uh, might. Some of them might. <laughs> yeah. And so um, what is the other takeaway? I, I, do you get, um, is there any learning you know, for for the the person, the reader, that they're getting out of this, or is it purely for just escape and um, enjoyment? Um, you know, I thought I was gearing this. I thought in my mind toward women, and and I thought it was going to be a love story. What I found out was, as with the the process unfolded, was that more men are reading this than women. Although the cover is pink and green, and I can't believe any man was going to pick that up, but they did, and they love it, and they've given me a lot of really good reviews. So what's the learning on this? Men are learning a lot about women in this book. Women are learning about themselves and and that they should not put up with um, an unhappy uh, or failed relationship. And sometimes the crack can be mended, and sometimes it widens. Sometimes you don't even know who your husband is. Mm-hmm. that's what that's what we learn about. And I'm sure you see a lot of that in your practice. How much of your own life were you willing to imbue into the characters or is that uh, that we won't tell? The only all the characters are fictional, except for one character who doesn't show up until toward the end. And he's unnamed. His name is the man. I, I didn't give him a name. And he is loosely based on uh, a first love that I had. 55 years ago, who we didn't marry, but we've been connected all this time. And I always used to think, I wonder what would happen if we ever got together or we ever really connected. And so we did, you know, the jury's still out. I don't know how it's going to end, but that's not the point. The point is we always remember our first love. And so he plays, even though it's a small part in the end of the book, it's an instrumental part. Wow, I love that. Um, are some of the stories akin to maybe something that would be recognizable from your practice, or can you absolutely not go there illegally? No, no, there, it's such a blend of thousands and thousands and thousands of stories that I really didn't have an idea exactly of what character was going to do what thing or how they were going to speak or whatever. So, no, I would say no. But the book is so realistic that a couple of my friends have said to me, oh, did you go through, you know, chapter five? Did you go through that terrible thing? And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, I know you did. And when you're ready to talk about it, let me know. And I'm thinking, (laughs) no, (laughs) nothing in this book relates to me. Certainly there's an unscrupulous psychiatrist in that book. uh, And he's no one that I would know, no one that I've ever uh, even had contact with. But people think in our practice, we could do that if we wanted to. And we could because people coming into therapy are so vulnerable. We would never do that. I don't know anyone who would do what he's done, but it's possible. And it makes you second guess whether or not you want to go to therapy. So you always have to make sure you know exactly who you're going to. That's absolutely true. Wow. How interesting. And um, you know, I'm always fascinated by people that like you had this, you know, this very specific career and, you know, very intricate, you know, being a psychotherapist and a nurse. These are these are highly technical types of skills. And then you've got this other side of you that just wants to express itself almost artistically. Um, 
do you are they kind of married within you? Is that really your personality anyway, or was this something that just sort of developed over years that you thought you you would want to do something like this, or has it been something that you've always felt you would do and wanted to do, but just put on the back burner to have a a, a nice paying job that was practical throughout your life? I've always known that I had stories. I'm, I'm a storyteller, and there's always been stories in my head. Um, as a teenager, I would go to the movies with all my friends. And they'd come out and they'd be like, oh, didn't you love the movie? And I'd say, well, I would have done the ending this way. Or I think that character wasn't really, you know, <laughs> in, in, and they'd say, don't even ask her to go to the movies anymore. She's She ruins everything. But I can't help it. I see things and I, I would exaggerate coming home from school. If I'd say to my mom, hey, guess what happened in kindergarten? And she'd be like cooking and she'd say, oh, that's nice, honey. And I think, well, I'm not getting a rise out of her. So how about if I say, guess what happened in kindergarten? My teacher passed out on the floor and the ambulance had to come and da, da, da. And she'd stop what she was doing and pay attention. And I'd think, oh, there we go. Imagination. That's the key. Uh-huh. So it has always been in you, it sounds like. But always. certainly it's finding its way out and it must just feel amazing. And when you see these great reviews, um, how does that make you feel? I honestly, the very first review that I, that I saw was from the, an Amazon top 100 reviewer. And I, I, I cut it out and I hung it on my wall. I couldn't believe it. I was just thrilled. I, I thought it was a good book, but I didn't know other people would see it the way I see it. Now I'm so excited. I, I haven't come down from flying high. I'm really excited. I'm never going to do anything else except write books. And I think they're all going to be mysteries. I think that's my genre. That's your genre. After you mm-hmm. did the beautiful nonfiction work that you did, that was so helpful to people. But mysteries can be good because escape. Sometimes we just need to do that in a great, great book. I'm so happy to have you today. Lori Elizabeth Murphy has written this novel, a mystery called Dream Me Home. Dream Me Home. Getting fantastic five-star reviews. And she's writing the sequel already. So it sounds absolutely Fabulous, fascinating, and I'm just happy for you that like you're living your heart's desire. Isn't that something that we all want to do at some point it with really our is. life? And you gave yourself permission, and and I think that's a lesson for all of us. Thank you so much. Can you find uh, Dream Me Home wherever fine books are sold? Yes, you can go to Barnes & Noble Books online. You can go to uh, Amazon Books online, or you can go to my website, which is Lori Murphy. It's L-A-U-R-I-E Murphy.net. And on there will be my bio, everything I've done. And uh, there's two links that you can just click on to get right to Amazon or right to Barnes & Noble. Fantastic. Again, it's called Dream Me Home by Lori Elizabeth Murphy. Thank you so much for coming on The Way Home. This is fun. Thank you so much, Laura, for having me. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. So many good books, so little time. That's all I'm going to say about that. And of course, so little time, but enough time to have at least one good news story thrown into the mix by our guru of good news, Jim Cleefield. Jimmy Dean, what do you have for us today? Well, we'll take you out to the boogie down of the Bronx, New York for this wonderful story. History was made. It was a groundbreaking announcement at the prestigious Albert Einstein College of Medicine. This is where the announcement was made. I'll tell you why it was so historic. What if I told you that tuition is now free? 
at that school for these students. Thanks to the generosity of a woman who has a deep connection to the school, so deep that she used to be tenured there at the university. Some 55 at the school, some 55 years ago. Her name is Dr. Ruth Gottesman, 93 years old. And what happened was that she donated a billion dollars. Now, you said, where did she get the money? Well, her late husband, David Gottesman, was a financial guy in the world out there. He invested money in the beginning for Berkshire Hathaway, which was founded by Warren Buffett. Well, guess what happened? He turned the funds over to her, saying, you do with this whatever you wish. She made quite a windfall, so much that she said, I'm going to use this billion dollars to help make tuition free for these students. Now, I mean, you can imagine the tears of joy that were shed by these students because, let's face it, the tuition cost is going higher and higher all the time, right? Average tuition at that school, by the way, $59,000 a year. Can you imagine that? So here's what happens. So it's going to help these students, the ones who are graduating this spring, they're going to get reimbursed for their tuition, and the incoming students in August, it's going to be tuition-free, all because of this generosity of her, because the reason is she is really strong, strongly about medical research and training. Now, these could be the future doctors, nurses, maybe even pharmacists. And because I say that now that they can concentrate on their studies, they won't have to worry about going into thousands of dollars in debt, all because of what she did. I think that's just really wonderful. Because let's face it, I mean, I've given to my schools nowhere near what she's done. I mean, I wish I could give a billion dollars to a school. But what she's doing is really just helping it make it better for these students to, to think about their dreams and not worry about the dollar signs. Wow, that is that is pure generosity and for a good cause, really and truly. What we, we need are good doctors and nurses in this country. And for those students, what an incredible like a, it must be like a miracle to them, really, if you think about it. But um, yeah, I had heard about this, but I hadn't had the details. So I'm so glad because I can always count on you to go out and get the best stories and really embellish on them so we know what they're all about. Thank you, Jimmy, so much Thank for you, always bringing in the good cheer every week. And to Bob for producing this show that with the patience of Job, I would say. <laughs> Patience of Bob is really the patience of patience Joe is working a virtue. with us. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much, everyone. I hope you have a, a really blessed week uh, full of all the things that you enjoy doing with lots of accomplishments in every facet of your life. Thank you for listening to The Way Home. We'll see you next time. I'm Laura Smith.